0: are, right, so it's much better. Lowe's costs about the same, but it has less of the uh, after effects, but <laughs> and uh, much more, much more beneficial. And uh, did somebody say, I don't know. <laughs> I, thought I said, somebody said, I don't know. Oh, I hope not. I'll change my lesson this morning. <laughs> so anyway, um, and one of the men there, uh, you know, they're, they're not believers. They're not Christian at all, <clears throat> and uh, the. Guy, you talk about being ready to give every man an answer of the hope which lieth within you, and uh, he said something about it being crazy, crazy what's going on. I said, I know it's it's it's. I said, you know what you find out, Ron? God's always right. The Bible's right. You know, four thousand years ago, two thousand years. Ago, I mean, all of this stuff has been has been uh, predicted, and we're watching it all fall into place. Uh, I mean, now Russia and Iran, Gog Magog. I mean, you, the, uh, over in Ezekiel or. Are joining up a little bit here. We're sending more ships to the Middle East. Uh, I saw a thing this morning, early this morning, uh, that supposedly, supposedly, our uh, one of the ships, our uh, our troops were given uh, lobster and steak for dinner last night. Lobster tail and steak, which they say they don't do that until they're ready to announce something bad, like you're going out into something. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting, and uh, this is I. I, of course, I can't verify that. <laughs> okay, how, how can I verify that, what somebody says? And, and uh, you read a lot of the, the comments of people uh, uh, saying, yes, this is true. I don't know. Time will tell. But I know this. I know it's all fallen into place just right. And, uh, and I told, I told uh, this guy, I said, boy, it's exciting. I said, it's just so exciting. He said, I don't know. It's kind of scary, actually. I said, well, it is if you don't know Jesus Christ. But if you know Jesus, it's not scary, it's exciting because um, very soon, I told you a few weeks ago, the, uh, the, uh, the image of, of, uh, that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, and uh, all four of those empires have come and gone that were prophesied, right? The gold, what was that? That was the, the Babylonian Empire, that was Nebuchadnezzar, he was there. The next empire was silver, the Middle Persian Empire. It has come and gone, historically, we know it has come and gone, the next one was, was uh, the, um, thank you, the Grecian Empire, and, uh, and it, it, it has come and gone. Alexander the Great has come and gone. And then the next in, the, in the, uh, the iron was the Roman Empire, and it has come and gone. And the last one is the toes, mixed them. And uh, there is no other empire after that, which means we're living in the toes. We're living at the very end. Of this, and what is this? It's going to be? The revised, the 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 revised Roman Empire that that will come back again in a different form. We have ten toes and ten nations. You can look at the UN. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff going on there. It's really, really, really exciting, and uh, and the world is watching this. And you need to have an answer. You need to, you know. And what is the answer? It's Jesus Christ. It's been the same answer. It's always been. Thankfully, the message hasn't changed. Amen. And it's always been the Lord Jesus Christ. So, and uh, it's, it's pretty exciting times. And, uh, but when you, watch, when you watch it all going on, sometimes uh, you, you got to be, uh, you know, it's a little, it can be nerve wracking as well. And so, um, we always have to be ready and uh, be uh, anchored in the Word of God. The people that get, that get nervous don't know the Bible, Right. They don't know the Bible. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and unfortunately, I think Christians can get a little nervous too, because they just don't know their Bible, and uh, they need to need to you need to be in the book every day. You need to be a student of the Word of God, and uh, Jesus told the Jews. Remember that one time he said, "Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God." Same problem today, right? How many how many believers do not know the Word of God? And you can hear them. They will. They will say little things about, like, religious things, and it's like, that's not really, I don't think you know what that means. (laughs) You've heard it said, and you can spout it out, you know, and you say, it's like, I don't think you're a student of the Word of God. And we everybody ought to be, we all, every child of God ought to be a theologian. I mean, we ought to be digging into the Word of God, absolutely. That was the the mark of the Bereans, right? Uh, They were more noble than those at Thessalonica, why? Because they searched the Scriptures daily to see whether those things were true, the things that they were being taught of the of the apostles to see whether they were true, and it says they were more noble than those at Thessalonica. Why? Because they were searching the word of God. They wanted to know truth, and there is joy there. So as we delve into the word of God this morning, we're going to be back into Genesis chapter six. Genesis chapter six, and uh, and we're what, what I want to look at today is really summed up in one word in the Christian life, and it's the word obedience. Obedience. I don't know if you've ever taught your children this. <clears throat> um, if, if you're past that and you have grandchildren, now you can teach them this. And obe- <laughs> Obedience, there's three legs to the stool of obedience. If you looked at a stool, a three-legged stool, okay? There's three legs to that stool, and if you remove one of these legs Stools don't stay up real well with two legs, right? I don't know if you've tried that, but it doesn't work. All right. The three legs of obedience are this. Number one, immediately. Immediately. Number two, exactly. Exactly. And number three, this is the big one, because you can get number you can sort of get number one and two. Number three can be tricky with the right attitude, with the right attitude. So have you ever watched this? Those of you who have had children come in and out of your home, you've said, hey, take out the trash. And it gets taken out, but it's chucked halfway across the yard, right? The doors slam behind them, and they chuck it over to the wherever as close as they can get and come slumping back in the house. Well, they did it immediately, and they somewhat did it exactly, but the attitude was totally off, right? And that wasn't, It wasn't obedience, and so we go through this life with your children of saying, no, you did this, but you still weren't obedient. O- obedience has three things attached to it. And you can see it throughout the word of God, how it plays itself out. And what I want to look at this morning is the life of, of Noah and an in, in obedient life seen in the life of Noah. He was an obedient person. We understand that. He was living in a day. I want to look at Noah today because he's living in a day like ours. He's living in a day when it seems like their deeds are evil continually. It seems like the, the thoughts of their heart, the Bible says, are only evil continually. And we're living in that day right now. And But what we know as a child of God is that obedience is necessary if we're going to live what we, what we would call a successful life uh, uh, for God. What, what is a, a successful life? Well, it's a life that is... Uh, that accomplishes what God intends you to accomplish it 's a life of of abundance it 's of an abundant life of a joyful life of a peaceful life of an active life of a working life of of a life that sees uh, that sees the byproduct of the of the fruit of the spirit in their life that is that is a successful life and the way you get there is through obedience it 's obedience it 's really that simple you know with the right spirit with a willing heart right obedience and uh and I want to see this here in the life of uh, of Moses or Noah. Moses maybe another day, but Noah today. Uh, Genesis chapter six. You can turn there. We're very familiar with the passage. Genesis chapter six. The Bible says in verse one, when it came to pass. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, that daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown and God saw the wickedness of man that it was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually and it repented the Lord that he had made man in the earth and it grieved him at his heart it repented God he changed his mind he changed his direction on his plan with his his changes mind of what he was going to do with his creation and he had to change and do an about face and do something different if the Messiah was still going to come. And so uh, we saw this, so we looked at this just recently, but we're going to delve into this in the life of Noah today. Uh, let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for the word, and would you bless your word today? Would you teach us today by your Holy Spirit? And what you teach us today, would we apply it and we, would we go out of here being doers of your word, not hearers only? Would you help us to do that? And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 1969, who was on the planet in 69? All right, Chris, I didn't know you were that old. And so 1960, some don't even want to answer that. If you were married 33 years, you were on the planet in 69 now. You might have been a year or two old, but barely. But uh, And, uh, and uh, so 69, anybody know what big event happened in 1969? Okay, that's a good one. I, I thought you might come up with something like that, Jim. Good job. Anything else happen in in the weather? How many remember what happened down in down in Texas in Mississippi and Mississippi? Camille, good job. Look at that. Hurricane Camille, 1969, came ashore in the Gulf Coast, and uh, there was a story down there in uh, in Mississippi. I think it was like it was called like Christian Christian Pass or Pass Christian, Mississippi, something like that. And uh, they, they had been warning people to get out of the way. The, of course, they don't have the radar and technology we have today. But as the storm was getting closer and closer, they were noticing the hurricane was getting uh, larger and larger and more powerful. And they're going around evacuating people. And uh, there is this one sheriff who came up to... A uh, pretty ritzy little area there. In that area, they have, had a large three-story uh, uh, home there, right on the coast, about 250 feet off the, off the water. And they were having a hurricane party, and they were living it up in there, and, they, and just having a big old party. And the sheriff showed up, and he said, "You need to get out. The storm's really got larger. You all need to leave." And some of the words back to them were, uh, "We're not leaving. Uh, this is our property." We're not going anywhere. You can arrest us if you want us off here, but we're not leaving. And of course, the sheriff wasn't going to do that. And he, he began to go through the through the crowd in the house that day and began to take names, just write down the names of everybody who was in that home. So he had a record of next of kin so he could call when they were gone. They kind of mocked him and kind of laughed at him about it all. And uh, and he, he left and, and Camille came on, on to the shore that night at about 10 p.m. that night, scientist clocked Camille at 205 mile an hour winds. Nothing was left of that place. It was a foundation. 20 some people died, were washed out into the ocean, I'm sure, and gone. I told you a while back, the missionary, uh, their family that was in uh, the Bahamas, grew up since the 1600s, but they, uh, their family, they were British. You know, it was British controlled, And uh, when... Uh, uh, Darius or Darian, whatever that last hurricane that sat over the over the Bahamas and Jamaica for thirty some hours. It sat there with hundred and fifty plus mile an hour winds, and just they said that he said there are so many people that were washed out the ocean. You'll never know how many people really died. They, they were just washed out, and this is what happened here with Camille, and, and the and the only the only one that that survived that was a five year old boy that was hanging on to some piece of wood or something like that. They said that uh, that was able to that was able to live through that, but uh, they, they, they didn't care. They didn't listen to the heated warnings. They, they didn't, they, they mocked at what was coming. They didn't think it was that big of a deal. And even with all of the, all of the uh, uh, technology we have today and the hurricanes come in today, they say, I'm not going anywhere. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, where's, where's the government? It's like you had two weeks to get out dope. You know, and now all of a sudden, your lack of planning is is our emergency. No, that, you know, of course, you know, uh, they still go in and try to rescue them. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, it's like, you poor thing. It's like, oh, anyway, years ago, I was at my aunt and uncle's house. And he's so smart. And he was a school teacher and wrote, wrote books and would watch Jeopardy. And I'm telling you, answer every question. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, he just answer them all, you know. And he was was just brilliant, you know. And we're sitting there, and he was was watching this movie of these two kids that got stranded up in some mountain in some snow. And he put his wife in a cave and uh, ended up uh, walking back to town. And Frostbite, he lost his feet, lost his hands. It's like this Hallmark-type movie, you know. And it's a true story. And and had at the end of the list of how they turned out and all this stuff. And it was was just touching. And towards the end of this, he goes, all because they couldn't read a map. (laughs) Well, you're right. (laughs) All because they didn't have a map and they didn't know how to read a map. They got their whole life story all out there. I'm like... I didn't even think about it like that. But it's so true, isn't it? That, listen, there, there are signs everywhere. There are, there are uh, things that markers all over the place. There are, there are maps that we have that can be read on a daily basis. And people still come to a place in this life where tragedy happens. Stuff comes into their own life because of their own sin because they didn't read a map. Because they didn't see the warnings, because they just kind of laughed it off and said, "Oh, you're a bunch of holy joes. Oh, you're, you know, you're a bunch of legalists. Oh, you're a bunch of fundamentalists. Oh, you're a bunch of this. I, I don't know. I think our our track record at preaching the Bible has been about hundred percent, yeah. And the liberals has been about fifty percent. So I don't know. I think I'll preach the book and we'll stick with that. And we'll and we'll watch the map and we'll read it and we'll follow that. I think we're much better off, absolutely." And so here it is. They just rejected all of the warning. And you wonder at times how on earth people can be so foolish. Right? Well, they're foolish in Noah's day. They're foolish in 1965, 69. They're, fo- they're foolish in 2023. It's, listen, it's the same old problem. It hasn't changed. And so when you look over this... As a child of God, right? hurricanes come in life, storms come in life, right? tragedy comes, God's judgment on nations come. We're living in a nation that's under the judgment of God. All right? you, go, you can go sometime and read Isaiah chapter 3. Go read Isaiah chapter 3 and look at everything that God removed from Israel when his judgment was on him. And then you look at our own nation and you think, wow, this looks strikingly similar to the nation that we're living today. I don't have time to go over that today. But when we look at this as as a child of God, right, while the world is falling apart, while the signs are everywhere... While the people's heart is evil only continually, right? While we're watching uh, impending doom and judgment, how are we supposed to live? Well, I see here in, the, in, in Noah's life, uh, we live a life of obedience. And I want to show you just a quick outline here of Noah's, of Noah's life and how he got to be, watch, to, to be used of God, right? To be a tool of God, to be a warning to a wicked nation you know everyone in here, everyone in here is a tool of the Lord Jesus Christ to be a warning to the nation, to be a warning to the lost, to be a warning, to be a roadblock to those with red lights flashing saying, no, don't go past this, don't go past this, don't go past this, don't go past this. How many of you spent, spent some of your young adult years with children warning them, don't go past this, don't go past this, don't go past this, and they went past it. And now what happens? you're spending the rest of your life helping them clean up the mess, right? Because they went past. They went past. This is our job. Did, did everybody listen to Noah? Listen, don't judge your effectiveness and your usefulness uh, to God based upon how people respond to you. Because if that were the case, Noah is a colossal failure, right? But, but he's not. He was counted faithful in all that he was given to do. And so I want you, I want you to see this. First of all, Uh, In the life of Noah, Genesis chapter 6, we read verses 5 and 6, God saw the wickedness of man that was great in the earth. So there was a reason for the journey that Noah was about to go on. God called out Noah for this job. He called him out for a purpose because there was a reason. Why? Because the hearts of men were corrupt and because the lives of man were corrupt notice the progression in Genesis chapter 6 I, I, I said it just not to maybe a week ago or so I'm setting aside all of the all of the all of the, the whatever you want to delve into Nephilims and all of these things and you know did angels really uh, procreate with humans and all of this stuff I'm not that's not even uh, I don't believe that's here at all. But even if somebody wants to believe that, that's not even the point. I want to show you the progression here. In chapter 6 and verse 1, you have two distinct lines of people. One that is called the sons of God, the other that are called the daughters of men. They're different. They're two separate lines. But time you get down to chapter, verse 6, those lines are so blurred and interwoven that the entire world is corrupt and wicked. Right. Can I tell you, we're getting there today. Uh, we were out knocking doors yesterday. I had a great, great day yesterday knocking doors, and I had a long conversation with this one young guy. And uh, it, 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 this, this actually came, this actually came up actually, and uh, and that, that the the meshing of these two lines of of what I believe the sons of God, the sons of the line of Seth right? The godly line and the daughters of men, uh, a a wicked ungodly line. Okay. And, and uh, I said, eventually got to the place of of meshing to where you couldn't tell the difference. And we're there today. They're they're, they're, they're there today. I talked to a young man uh, before this young man yesterday, another one uh, who uh, had a salvation testimony and said he grew up in church. But friend, if you looked at him, if you looked at the lifestyle, not just the outward looks, if you look what they, how they lived, and he even said, yeah, I know, I, I, don't, I don't look like a Christian. <laughs> Isn't it amazing they say that, how quickly they'll say that, right? And uh, w- w- what is going on? The world and believers are becoming so intermeshed that you cannot tell the difference, not only just how they look, but the way they talk and the way they act and the things they go to and the things they entertain themselves with, Right? It's just an unbelievable thing to watch, to stay up with. It also has a voice well, just a, Don't you love technology? It's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. I, I've said this. Technology is so rude. Have you ever noticed? You could be talking to somebody and your phone rings and you pick it up. It's like, if you're talking to somebody and somebody walked in and started talking, you would be like, what are you doing? Get out of here. Anyway. So, thanks for that illustration. Appreciate that. That works. <laughs> but, uh, No, but those who claim the name of Christ, there's like no difference in their life anymore. The world is becoming so intermeshed with the lives of believers. We're the weirdos. We're the crazies. Which like 75 years, 50, okay, 30 years ago, we weren't as wacko as we are today, right? A hundred years ago, most of us would be thought of as worldly and carnal. Absolutely. Absolutely. What am I saying? We're, just, we're living in the day of Noah. This is the reason why God called Noah out for this job. Because the day he was living in was so bad that God's like, okay, here, I'm getting ready to shift into gear two with the, my other plan, which is to wipe the humanity off the map and we're going to start over with another family and we're going to continue so that the Messiah may still come. And uh, thank, thank the Lord for that grace. They were corrupt in their heart. They were corrupt in their lives. This is why the journey was happening. But secondly, the readiness for the journey. Moses had to, or why do I keep saying that? Noah had to be ready for the journey. Can I tell you this? God chose Moses, Noah. (laughs) Noah. Tell you what. God chose Noah. Here's what I'm going to do. Ready for that. I'm writing up here, Noah, Noah, dope, Noah, (laughs) my nephew, that's my (laughs) nephew's, now i remember, God chose, God chose Noah, yeah, right, why did he choose Noah, because of his relationship watch he already had with God, do you know why so many believers go through their life never being used of God? Because their life isn't usable. Their life isn't usable. What do you mean? It's full of sin. It, it, it's, it's full of just worldliness. Wait, it's a life that doesn't have a heart and a desire to be close to the Lord. Notice what it says, what, what it says here Noah, of Noah, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Remember what I said that means? Noah found grace in that not that not that God, God looked on Noah and said, Oh, I, I'm gonna pull you out of this. Right? That, not, not because of that. It was because, because Noah, watch, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found what he was looking for. He was searching after God. He was seeking after God. He desired to have a relationship with God. He desired to know God. And you know what happens? He found it. He found that grace he was looking for. He found the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Uh, You know, uh, whosoever will may come. The spirit and the bride say, Come over in Revelation. What is, it's the invitation is always to come to God. He says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Watch, you and I have the first step, but whenever we make this first step, God always promises he will make the next step towards us. And it's not God here and us doing this, right? It is the prodigal son, right? He saw the son was already coming a far way off and the father ran to meet him. Draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto you. This is what Noah did. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He desired God. And because of this, all right, because of this, God said, I'm using you. I'm using you. Okay, you could be a smart ale. I can say, well, who else was he going to use? Right? Yeah. I guess he could have called one of his sons. Right? The sons had a relationship with the Lord, obviously. They were in the ark. They were saved. Yeah, But he chose, he chose Noah because of his walk. He chose Noah because of his will. Why he desired, he desired uh, to be with, to, to have a relationship with God. I love what one individual said. He said, uh, he said, God drags no one, kicking and screaming into heaven. Friend, you don't have to have a relationship with the God of Heaven. You don't. He said, well, that's not fair because I know the end of it is hell. Well, yeah, all of life, all of creation is. is uh, action and reaction, cause and consequence, right? Everything we do in life is causal, right? Causation. And uh, listen, if, if, if you don't want God, what is left besides God, right? <laughs> it's, it's our choice. So Noah was ready to be used of God in a wicked generation, right? Because, because he already had a heart and a desire for God. Note you find out and some of you who have pastored brother Brother Healy you find this out. God God pulls seems like God calls those people into ministry who were already busy. They were already busy. They're faithful to the house of God. They're faithful to the services. They're faithful to the special meetings. They were faithful to visitation. They're, no, they're just working a job. They're what the world called a layman in the church. And I don't really like that term because we're all ambassadors for Christ, right? We all have a job. We all have the responsibility of the gospel in all the world. But watch, there are those that, boy, they just believe God. They trust God. They're in their Bible. They're, they're a student of the word of God. They're, they're, they're people of prayer. You have prayer meeting, they show up. You have visitation, they show up. You have services, they show up up i mean they talk to people on the job site or, or where the the office or wherever they're working i mean they are busy about the things of god because they want to be and you'll find out god will say okay i want you to do this right i've never seen god call anybody who is lazy and had no desire for him yeah you said, well you've only been on the planet right around 50 years or so i know i know but i've read a lot too and i All of those people that were way older hadn't seen it either. So I just made that up. I don't know. Maybe. No. But you do hear it, don't you? And you do see it in your own experience, don't you? Yeah. Why did God choose Noah? Why did he use him in such a mighty way in such a wicked land? Uh, Because he was ready to be used. Yeah. I know this is Sunday school. I'm not supposed to be preaching too much. But uh, how ready are you to be used of God? how what do you, what do you mean what do you mean by that yeah. how skillful are you with the Word of God when somebody has a question you can actually answer it no I'm not I'm not talking about when you know somebody says well what about do you believe I mean some weird spurious passage that you're like where'd you find that you know I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the hope that lies within you you right how how, how, how capable of or are you of showing somebody from the Bible how to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved? Friend, that's 101 basic. Right? If we're an ambassador of Jesus Christ, if we are representing him, calling the world the, you know, to the Lord Jesus Christ, are you even capable of showing somebody how to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved from the Bible? You, you know what? If you can do that, you're at a, you're at a place of readiness to be used. Some people say, "I've never led anybody the Lord. Never, just never let any, let anybody the Lord." Maybe the Lord knows you couldn't. Oh, sorry, Sunday school. Let's go on. That was that was way too preachy. Yeah, yeah. So he's ready, ready for the journey. L- let's let's look at number three, and I'll be done here in just a minute. There's a result of the journey as well. There's a result of the journey. And uh, if you go over here in... um, Oh, I don't know where I am. I'm so off track here. Yeah, that's where I want. Genesis 6.14 is what I want. He says, make thee an ark of gopher wood... Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without pitch. Pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Cubits, 18 inches, about 450 feet. Big boat. The breadth of it, 50 cubits. That's about 75 feet. The height of it, 30 cubits. That's about 45 feet. As far as I know, weirdest thing, because I generally have a lot of derogatory things to say about Kentucky, but I've heard it's over there. So I've heard that ark thing's pretty accurate. Big boat, isn't it? Anybody been there? Pretty awesome, huh? I'd like to see it someday, except I'd have to go to Kentucky. But uh, no, (laughs) it's Just teasing. I like Kentucky. And uh, pretty big boat, isn't it? Pretty incredible. You know... Noah and his family, that ark was, was built. They were, the moment that God called them into the ark and shut the door behind them, and whatever God did to pitch the door with pitch, because it would have had been pitched too somehow, whatever he did there, once he got in that, Noah was completely safe. But do you know there's still an element of faith there and trust I mean, he spent 120 years building this thing, right? Did they ever see a cloud in the sky? I don't know. Probably not. We know what the firmament was, right? That that liquid steel. I guess it translates out more properly. You get up to a certain level of the atmosphere when temperature gets to negative 176 degrees, and you can actually they've actually recreated a liquid steel at that temperature. Uh, The water. Uh, you know, freezes and becomes this canopy, the canopy over the entire earth. We know the Bible says that the mist came up out of the the earth. It had not rained, all right? So they're saying, well, hey, rain's coming. Rain's coming. What's rain? Well, it's water out of the sky. What's that? You know, it's going to flood. What's a flood, right? He He was a crazy. He was a psycho. Spent 120 years building this. I mean, you've seen the ark building that thing. Cutting down trees, you know, hewing out the logs. Make a, it's, it's insane what, what was done there. And they're watching this whole thing. And do you think, I, I don't know, maybe Noah at some point once in a while went, Oh, I hope I heard him right. <laughs> I know I did. I know I did, but, you know. Uh, I tell you what, when you walk that close with the Lord, you hear him right. You hear him right. But there's an element of faith. Because the moment he got into that ship, it's never been tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my cousin brought back his ship, a ship, a boat, not a ship. He brought back a boat from, from Corpus Christi. He was stationed down there in the '80s. Another hurricane came through, and uh, this ship was uh, thrown up, and it was at the marina. Whoever it was never came and claimed it. So they said, "You can have it." It was fine. It it was it was, not seaworthy, but it floated still. So. And uh, him and his wife, he lived in it for a little while down, right? And then he got a trailer and dragged it up to Missouri and uh, dumped it at our grandfather's house out right on the highway. If you, if, you know, 30 years ago or more, if you ever went down 39 Highway South through Aurora, going to like Shell Knob or something, you'd see this old boat on the side of the road at TT Highway <laughs> in 39. That was my cousin's. And it sat there for years And it was a big one. I mean, it was a big boat. It was totally out of place, right? And uh, people would come up and want to buy it, you know, and, you know, he'd never sell it. It rotted there. It was, anyway, another, that's a whole nother illustration someday. But uh, my grandfather would tell people and uh, that, well, uh, we're going to, we're going to try it out, out in the pond. And so if it sinks, we can just walk home. You know, it's no big deal, right? And uh, we're going to make sure it's seaworthy, right? And uh, the pond was, wasn't very deep, you know. Anyway, he couldn't try the thing out. When that rain started and everything was coming down, listen, he had to, he was, he was there. it was all about faith. It was trusting God. The water came up, the fountains of the deep opened up. I mean, these scientists are finding now there's so much water under the crust of the earth. It's insane, all of that came up, raised, I mean, it came up. And listen, he was safe in the ark. He was secure in the ark. He wasn't going anywhere. What are the results of this? What are the results of Noah's journey of walking by faith with God in a life of obedience? What was, the, what was the result of it? Safety and security. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That's what the world wants. Safety and security. And you know what? The longer you live, you realize, I'm not really good at that. I can have wait. I can have an element of it, and then all of a sudden you get to a certain age and you realize, oh, I don't have control over that anymore. Safety and security. Now I'm going to have to depend on other people, and you realize how how frail you really are. Yeah. Here's the here's the here's the outcome of the journey, safety and security. Yeah. You know what's going to happen very soon? The trumpet's going to sound. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming. We're going to meet Him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the with the, with the Lord in the air. And listen to uh, uh, what we have been preaching, what we have been teaching, what we've been telling people, what we've been warning. It's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. And listen, if you and I are going to live in safety and security in this and through this, it's going to be because of a life of obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it going to be because the very first line of obedience was what faith and trust in the finished work of Christ? First line of obedience, right? Trusting Jesus, putting your faith and trust in Him, uh, being born again of the Spirit of God. And so it was preservation of the people. It was preservation of the faith. Notice this also is preservation of the gospel. What was Noah doing? He was preaching the word of God. Right? He was preaching the word of God. And we know this the ark is a picture of salvation. It's a picture of salvation. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're in Christ today, you are safe and you are secure. Watch, no matter what the fountains of the deep are doing, no matter what the rain is coming down, no matter what is happening around you, if you're in the ark, you're safe. You're safe. Yeah. There is a reason for the journey. He was ready for the journey. And there are the results of his journey. And uh, safety and security. And you know what could have been the results? There are, also, there, were, there, there are also results that could have been, could have been, which whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There are those that were watching this that could have gone into the ark with him. And there are many at the end of this life that could have come into the Lord Jesus Christ but refused to. They refused to. And the moment that door closes, it's open. Listen, your door is going to close someday. It's it's either going to close in death, or it's going to close in the rapture of the saints, the catching away of the saints. And once that door closes, it's done. You'll say, "Well, I'll get saved in the tribulation." I hate to tell you this, if you've heard a clear presentation of the gospel, if you've heard the gospel preached, and you know what, and you know that the Bible says Second Thessalonians chapter two that He'll give us give give you over to a strong delusion that you'll be a, believe a lie and you cannot be saved. Why? Look, for number one, you've already rejected the gospel. Number two, that wouldn't be faith anyway. You'd be going in by sight. Nobody goes in by sight. We all go in by faith. So it's another, I'm going to give you another warning. You may be listening online or you might be here. Another warning today. There's judgment coming. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? Christian, are you living? Are, are, you, are you walking the journey? Are, listen, are you living in such a closeness to God that at any time He could choose you like He wants to and to use you as a warning as a warning to the world around of the judgment that's coming. May God help us to be ready live a life, and what is it? Just a life of obedience. May God help us to live a life, a life of obedience. Father, thank You for Your Word this morning. And we pray You'd continue to teach us as we uh, take this Word and go home with it and throughout the week, and that Your Holy Spirit would bring it back to our mind and do a work in our hearts with it.